This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. It's Newcastle up this week, who I only just realised in research and it's only lost once this season. Once. It's fucking Newcastle. We'll also look back at the entertaining 1-1 draw with Manchester United at Selhurst. And um, I've got Albert and Heskiff. And a belated by a day, happy birthday to Sam Samuel Heskiff. Thank you very much. Um, you've I'm been out old. tonight for going for going for dinner. Straight back on the grind when you've got home. And he's yes. doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say. Birthday. I was about to say it's non-stop, but now you've put a different spin on that, so maybe mm. I'll just keep quiet. What uh, what you, you go for? Steady for dinner. <laughs> um, I went to a Mexican restaurant in Ballin, and I had a. Birria quesadilla, which was very nice. I mean, I have. Did never... you get a stamp on your tortilla loyalty card? <laughs> Fuck you! Right, I get, do you know what? New year, new me. I'm going to set Vanessa on you now for saying that. You're dead. Got a Mexican here. Nice on little you. place called Taco Bell. Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. I think they're calling it. I think it's Taco <laughs> Bell. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd never seen a more obvious setup for you to say Dirty Sanchez, but you didn't go for it. I'm very upset. Who didn't go for it? Heskiff. No. Oh, how'd you I'm know? Too, I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm too old for that now. What's that on Come your moustache? <laughs> it's a melted revel. <laughs> wow. This has, this has got off to a great start. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I, I I can't even at the moment. It's pinging off in my ear. It's going off in the WhatsApp group of back in the nest about Parish and Texter going to war. But I think one of my favourite back in the nest things ever has happened, which is Dr. Writing. I'm trying to get in contact with a Financial Times journalist that wrote the article so I can interview him. <laughs> I mean, he's come a long way from when he phoned in Homestyle Radio and was telling us that he's lost his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Albert's got just a shop to get a new shoe, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he could fit He could fit both feet into one. So, if it, you know, <laughs> if he lost have it, to buy he a pair. Sort of like, could just sort of like hop down the road. Yeah. Like an egg and spoon race. Not, not an egg and spoon race, a three-legged race, but just a portion of it. I love it. Dr's got, Dr's like going on like the, doing like a cook report to try and get to the bottom of it, and he's got the journal from the FT on on the line. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Um, so, what's a spac? Tell me what a spac is. <laughs> and the Didn't guys have to say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably not, um, and I don't want. I don't want um, any SPACs anywhere near our club, to be honest, but <laughs> this is like a no poles in the Arthur kind of thing. Um, am I going to need to clarify what a SPAC is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, so 
So a SPAC is um, a special purpose acquisition company, a shell company formed to raise capital to acquire an existing company, which stands for special purpose acquisition company. Is it like Bitcoin? Um, Because I don't don't understand that either. No, it's not. It's not like Bitcoin. Um, This is to kind of say, I don't know. It, it just makes me think that Tex is trying to raise money that he don't have that he's made everyone believe that he has. I don't know. Oh, no. Not not another Richard Rufus. <laughs> well, yeah, on a slightly different scale. Um, and, of course, the HF held up a band that said, multi-club ownership, stock market gambling, Texter, we don't trust you. So, um, yeah, the wheels are coming off after the fairy tale of everyone and Botafogo fans and Palace fans having a big loving on social media a year ago. It's all, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, DR's just going to unlock it all with his Financial Times piece. Um, so we'll see how that goes. His expose. <laughs> anyway, I need a beer. My voice is croaky. We've got no jingles. We've still got no jingles. The soundboard. Why haven't we got any jingles? I don't know. The soundboard is broken in this interface that we use i don't know there's no there's can, no fixed can, date can we get our tech team on it it's not us it's not our tech team it's the platform that we use that are not fixing it so we can just uh, complain in like admin messages and like messages to them and just do they know we're part of the Talksport fan network <laughs> i mean it's it's hard to miss on that graphic we put out every week that's fucking grim and gaudy as fuck <laughs> Well, when we when we've got a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, when DL <laughs> when DL gets his rightful award, they they're not going to be able to ignore us. Mm. True story. And 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 I mean, we have, like you say, we haven't got we haven't got the jingles. Can't do the media watch jingle. Was actually on Talksport this week, but yeah, text I mean, everyone it, it, text if, everyone <laughs> saying. <laughs> Seven fifteen. <laughs> stick talks bolt on. Stick it on. I'm going on. And then I jump on the call with Jason Cundy and Dean Saunders. And it's and I go okay. We're going okay. And we go. We're going. And it says all right, everyone. It's 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 twelve fifteen, <laughs> quarter past midnight, and we're here with Albert back of the nest. And it was like oh, it's a pre-record. So right. sorry, sorry to the four people that. Rush to their DAB to flick over to talk sport. What did you talk about? Disappointed. Well, it was previewing the. It was a bit. It was a bit like this. It was previewing a game. It was previewing the night the United game. Um, and I predicted a draw. That's what did I you just did? say. You didn't on here. We did. We didn't preview Man United on here. Well, didn't we? Nope. Oh, it was Chelsea we previewed. It was Chelsea. I, pro- I I did say a two-all draw, but I did predict a draw. So, what do I win? Um, um, an evening with us. Great. <laughs> um, a slapped-away handshake from your missus. We'll get into that later. Don't, don't talk about that yet. My missus. <laughs> um, so... I passed my driving test today. Oh, 40 years old. It was my first driving test. So I've passed it first. (laughs) Whatever, mate. mate. Easy. Don't worry about it. Driving test completed it, mate. I was rattled the moment I got into the car with the guy who was invigilating me or whatever he is. Invigilating you, testing you, testing me. When he told me his name, it it threw me and I was nearly Jeff? finished. It was Jeff. <laughs> it was Jeff. Was it? Yes. You keep, was, you keep, that, so you keep that hand over there. Mate, I had to take yeah. a deep I had to take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. So did I. <laughs> Every Friday. <laughs> Oh shit! I, I I just knew I knew that you would pull the name out of the hat immediately. I just knew it would happen. 
Wow. <laughs> Did you get any minors? <laughs> Excellent work. As I say, I'll just set him up. You finish him off, mate. <laughs> I'll ask again. Did you get any minors? <laughs> I've got three minors. <laughs> ah. You're allowed, fi- you allowed, you allowed 15. Yeah. That- <laughs> Leave it. There's only 14 in our troop. Um, one of my minors was, uh, I-, I didn't get in the bay first time, but you readjusted and then you got in. <laughs> Did you look over your shoulder? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. Mm. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. So make sure you look right and left now with your on the streets of South Norwood or the surrounding areas because I might be there running you down. Oh. <laughs> so I've, I've, this is this is lame because I need to now move on to something very serious. Um, everyone who was at the United game the other night would have, um, in the 28th minute, had the round of applause um, in memory of Dina Collins, who sadly and un- very unexpectedly passed away this week. Um, a friend of a few people of the Bacchanalist Parish, um, including myself, and um, previous presenter Lucy White, very good friend of hers, um, who managed to get to the game last night along with Steph to um, uh, see see the sort of remembrance that took place. Um, Lucy said she would have found it hilarious that her face was on the big screen, um, and that pretty much sums Dina up. Very um, full of life, laughter, and was a lovely, lovely girl. And um, obviously, the family and all of Paddy's family as well were very sad that Dina's gone and. It was nice that Michael Elise gave her a nice send off on on the night of the game, and um, yeah, um, well said. Yeah, man. Um, tomorrow isn't promised, man. Tomorrow isn't promised. So make 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 sure you you live your life and you tell the people you love that you love them. Um, so I love you, Heskiff. Oh God, I was on mute. Sorry. Um, I <laughs> And moving on. Um, I'm only joking now, but I love you too, mate. Thanks. <laughs> but where there is no love loss at the moment, as we've already briefly touched on, is Texton and Parish. Um, I don't really understand what's going on here. Pa- <laughs> for, for Parish to be hating someone that he's just took another 20 mil off seems a bit, um, a bit brutal, but... What are you making it of Heskiff? You threw a grenade. You threw the grenade to the back <laughs> of the nest group that has it still pinging off in my ears right now. Um, I did. I've I, I threw the grenade and then muted the chat, and I haven't been in since. <laughs> uh, I, I to be honest, I just read the there was a thing in the Guardian that came out this evening that I just read when I was on my way home that basically said P- Parish and Texture have fallen out. And Texter wants to spend money and Parish isn't having it, apparently, uh, which seems a bit weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, no one, well, none of us know the ins and outs of it. I, I, I'm no massive fan of Parish. I think he's all right. Texter, I'm very wary of. It seems weird that someone wants to spend money, which is what we need, and another person doesn't want us to spend that money. Uh, whether that money actually exists or not is another story. But as we've all said, we need a right back and a central midfielder. So whoever's got some bloody money, just whoever it is, just stop arguing and spend it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it feels to, for Texas to come out and to, was it CP Transfers HQ on Twitter, is exclusively spoken to John Texter. Who John Texas said, I wish Palace fans knew what I'm involved in and not what I'm not involved in. And then to come out and then be like, well, I want to spend money on transfers. It all seems a bit like, you know, uh, what's it called? I'm looking for skullduggery, something like that. <laughs> Just like lots of shenanigans. backstabbing going, loads of shenanigans. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I think everyone, as soon as he's bought Leon, everyone's gone a bit, mm, really? Um, I don't know. I've just, I've, I've just had this view that as a Palace fan, it's not my fault. <laughs> if something seems to be too good to be true. In our past, it has been <laughs> too good to be true. And it just reeks of Mark Goldberg. I, just, I don't know why. It's just how I feel. I can't. I don't really understand the business terms enough to fully back it up, but it's just something makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I, what we were talking before we started recording, but I was saying I don't think I don't think Texter's like a horrible bloke, or you know, I think his heart's in the right place. But I just don't. I don't know if he gets football to the extent we need him to, or he sort of is very enthusiastic and then his interest wander somewhere else you know he, he said all the right stuff when he came into palace and then he said then he concentrated on saying all the right stuff about the Indian club and now leon it's just it does feel like are you spreading yourself too thin in such a small period of time do you have my, my thing is do, do you have the money because he doesn't feel like he's got obviously compared to us like he's he's minted but in football in terms is not, whereas Harris and Blitzer are, but they definitely don't want to spend the money. So, yeah, yeah I, I saw I someone saying, yeah, someone saying the group, very deep pro- pockets, very short arms. Them too. Yeah, absolutely. But do, do do you think it's? And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not siding with one or the other. Just, just the, trying to find the truth that's some, often somewhere in the middle. But do, but do you think it's difficult for? It's difficult for Texter to impose himself on the club when it's you know parish it's ultimately does the day-to-day running of the club you know no matter how much money he's got or you know Mm. how much he says he wants to do x y and z if he's and again i can't profess to be you know au fait with the exact structure of the club or any club and any you know how football finances work but you know we, we all know parish is the sort of the charge head of the if I call it the board, the executive level. So, you know, is there, is, like I say, is, is there a little bit of, it could be six or one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm naturally falling on Parrish's side of the argument on just on the grounds that he's not done us wrong in the 12, what's he been with us, 12 years now? In the 12 years he's been with us, 13 into his 13th year, whatever he's, you know, He's done what he said he was going to do. Went all the way back then. He said he wanted to make sure the club was never in big debt again and that it would become self-sustainable and that sort of stuff. And that is what he's trying to move it towards. And, you know, building the main stand is a big part of making us more self-sustainable off the field and things like that. And maybe he just sees that spending money on transfers isn't the right way to go until we've got all of that in place. And then once that's all in place, then we can move on. And I know that's frustrating because we thought that would come to an end when Vieira came in. We thought that was the, you know, this is where the club really starts to kick on on the pitch. But maybe it was just a bit too early, especially with, you know, the back end of COVID and stuff like that. Maybe just had to reevaluate on the flyer. But I don't know. Well, I guess none of us will ever truly know what's really going on back there when they were talking. What's, what's going on? They were. It's text, funny. Tex was at the it's game fun- last night. He was. Mm. It was. It, what you, what you just said there just give me a flashback to you saying uh, he's done what he said he was going to do. I'm sure that was a, a that was repeated several times in the announcement when Simon Jordan claimed to have bought the ground back. Mm. I've, I've done what I said I was going to do, and I'm uh, yeah. I've just had flashbacks and. Yeah, but not I mean, the best flash, not the best <laughs> yeah. flashback to have when we're talking about owners of clubs and and omens. Yeah, but Steve Parrish obviously doesn't say that. Like he just lets himself do the talking. Like he's 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 not let us down. People like to, you know, do people ever truly really like, like their owners for one hundred percent of the way? Probably not. But I say he's just. He's done all right by us. We we we've got to remember we're in the Premier League for our tenth straight year. We've had another FA Cup final in there. We've had an FA Cup semi final. We've had a tenth place finish. You know, we're just 
plodding along and he's and at the same time we've now got one of the most state-of-the-art academies going which is fundamentally what our club is about is about bringing players from our youth academy into the first team that's what we've always wanted to be our identity and now he's just further enabled that for years and years to come so i don't know i just he's built up enough you know i'll say tokens with parish points for me (laughs) that he's um you know i can i can still side with him for you know in a awkward situation like this i guess yeah but jeffrey schlupp in midfield needs addressing doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> i just you know he actually like did really well when he came on last night he did like, do very really well put some, yeah, injected yeah, yeah. some energy in there and um it really gave him something else to think about united and that late in the game, Tyrant running against Tyrant midfield of his pace. I haven't seen, I haven't seen um, he's run back because it weren't in any of the highlights. Did he handball it all in before he was brought down for the free kick? I don't know. Had, you were you were you weren't at the game. Were you watching on a stream, Albert? Yes, I was, but I don't know if you were paying attention in any of the WhatsApp groups. But my my stream <laughs> died <laughs> at around the eighty seventh minute. Oh, and did it come back? No, no, (laughs) no. So the first I knew, I had I had I had a mate called Kev who's a QPR fan. We were we were sort of texting throughout the game. You know, what do you reckon score's going to be? Oh, first half was all right, and then I just got a message from him shortly after my stream died. And he's he's very um, doesn't do expression or. Uh, punctuation or any sort of doesn't put any sort of jazz on his messages and the f- the first inkling I had that something had happened was he just messaged me saying what a goal wasn't what a goal for you or get it you know whatever it was just said what a goal and it was like and he could easily have been talking about United yeah so I had to fr- I was frantically scrambling on onto Twitter or Sky Sports News website and it was like oh it was us and yeah, he, and he was right. What a goal it was. And um, how did you lovingly break the news to your Manchester United sporting spouse? Uh, I think I said something along the lines of, fuck, we've equalised. <laughs> and there was a bit of a, you know, a sort of semi-disbelief. Uh, sorry, I should have finished that sentence quicker. There was a semi-sort of, ah ha 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 like, you're winding me up. And it was like, I know it. I know we have. And then obviously the game finished a couple of minutes later. And by that time, the stream had come back on and we managed to see like the brief highlights at the end. Nice. But I didn't, you know, I, I was, un, I was unaware of all the, you know, the, um, who, who missed the chance to them? Was it? Casemiro. Uh, Cas- and then obviously Zaha and the Wan-Bissaka tackle. Like I was, I was com- completely oblivious to all of that. Until mm. watching like proper highlights today, um, Heskiff Will's interview about Wamba Saka's tackle very cute, very cute. Uh, yeah, he, he was saying, Oh, he had a little look back when he was running through, and he, he was like, Oh, god, it's Aaron because he knew he was <laughs> going to get the tackle in. Um, yeah. but he, that's the tackle he always did for us, isn't it? Wamba Saka just sort of like gets his long legs in there and sort of like Will said, scoops, scoops the ball away. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a Fan, yeah, fan, absolutely fantastic tackle. Yeah, because you could tell Wilf was very, his body shape was all wrong because he was so conscious of Aaron. He was trying to hold him off and he put a bit too much into trying to hold him off. And Aaron was already coming underneath where he was trying to hold him off. So it, it just, Wilf went off balance and enabled to make the tackle where if it's anyone else, Wambasakas clearly was in his head because if it wasn't Aaron, I reckon there was a good chance he chops back there and just, you know, either gets brought down at a, was it Arsenal at home last season in the 3-0 when yep. he just, mm-hmm. sack same situation, chopped back inside. So he's like, I'm either on my right or he takes me out because I know the challenge is coming in. But um, yeah, he probably trained enough with Aaron and we all saw, <laughs> I saw it was Aaron and was all just knew it was going to yeah. make the tackle because he had a brilliant game. Um, he, did, he did have a very good game one. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, if there was any question, anyone questioning, would you want him back? I mean, the answer should 
unequivocally be yes, but um, I don't think Man United are going to want to be letting him go based on performances like that. That's for sure. No chance. There was a. I don't know if you noticed it in the ground yesterday, but it was second half. There was a moment yeah. where. You know, obviously he's playing he's playing right back, but there was a moment where he, all of a sudden he just made this like fifty yard diagonal run, and was all of a sudden sort of playing like wide left sort of winger come striker. All of a sudden he was everywhere, and I've got you know as much as I'd love to have him back, I've got to say I've, you know there's always been a player with massive potential there, and none of us begrudged him the move to United at the time, and. You know, I think it's for his sake because again, I've, I really liked him at Palace. I think it's great to see that he's hopefully he's under a manager that seems to know how to use him and and has sort of instilled a bit more confidence in him. And it's, it's nice to see him doing well, yeah, even absolutely. against us. Yeah, even for them. Yeah, that's no, true. But um, right, just some flash points because we've got we've got loads to get through. Um, Heskiff. The opposition keeper being a very solid candidate for man to match is going to get very old very quickly. And with, yeah. Pope, with Pope to come on the weekend, it's, oh God, it's yeah. unlikely to get any better. But that save from De Gea from Edouard was just ridiculous. <sighs> Unbelievable. It was a great shot as well, right? Sort of can't get my head around how he managed to get a save on it, um, especially at the speed it was going. And Eddie sort of took one touch and then just levered it. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really good save, annoyingly. Mm, and he went made another one from a gay header later in the game. I mean, the last yeah. time I watched him, he fucking backheeled the ball into his own net against Everton. <laughs> and uh, typical like turn, turns up, Yeah, exactly. Turns up at Sellers and just does exactly what Kepper did on the weekend and turns yeah. into Superman flying into the top corner. But um, there you go. There was a Premier League package of saves of the weekend released today. Just the just three saves from Kepper included in huh. that highlights reel. Just the three. Although Vinny made it as well with his one from Thiago Silva. Yeah, the one yeah, low down. Left. Low yeah. down, yeah. That was yeah. a great save as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, although, still a bit ropey last night, VG. Parried one back out into the mm-hmm. middle of the goal. Um couple of times miscommunication with defenders as well. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 was one thing I noticed was he's either not communicating or not communicating loud enough. Mm. There was a couple of times when our defenders sort of looked like they knew what they were doing and then all of a sudden they didn't. Yeah. And you're like, have he had a shout? Is it because Vinny started running and then stopped? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a, that was a bit of a concern. Yeah, he nearly got himself lobbed by Anthony, didn't he? And then caused caused confusion once with Richard, then caused confusion once with Hughes and um, Gay as well. Um, my mate came, my mate Dan, who hasn't been for a while. Um, Bristol, he's a Bristol Rovers fan, but we've known he's my best mate. We've known each other for a long time now. He loves to come and watch Palace. Um, and I've been raving about Decore to him, and it was probably Decore's worst game for us. Um, I don't know if it's because it was next to Hughes, uh, but his passing was a bit off, that's for sure. And he was probably at fault for the goal, Albert, in terms of him him and Klein maybe share the blame for not being able to get that communication right down that side. Yeah, it was, you know, considering we've all been sitting here for weeks saying is doing it all by himself. We've got to get, you know, Will Hughes in or someone to help to help him a bit more and balance that side of the midfield a bit. You know, it, it it's it's weird. It wasn't sort of it was one of the weaker like you say, it's one of the weaker parts yesterday and he didn't have a he didn't have a fantastic game. And I mean it, it was weird. I thought it was a really good I thought we gave a good account of ourselves. There was, there was a couple of players who, who sort of you sort of on paper and you, and I again I haven't looked at their stats, but you think they you know they had they had a sort of mildly disappointing game, and up until I mean, up until the free kick, Elise was probably on that list. You know, he was he was all right, but he just kept kept giving the ball away, kept losing the ball, and sort of letting United get back onto us like pretty quick and putting us under pressure. But like I say, on the whole, it was it seemed like a good team performance. And yeah, Deco- I think yeah, like you say Deco- it was Decore was one of those. But you know, I think it's testament to the the general overall performance of the team that. You know, it didn't. It didn't sort of really hurt us too much. Yeah, I think both on both sides of the part, both teams really executed that defensive side of the game well, um, and chances were really limited in the game. And it's very good structure in the main from both sides defensively. I thought, and um, 
Yeah, and maybe with Decore, it's just refining that balance with Hughes uh, in the midfield, just working how they play with each other. Um, let's face it, Will Hughes doesn't have the range of passing that Decore has. Um, but Decore, as much as he likes to put in a challenge, they're all they're always classy, last ditch, win the ball, like get the toe on the ball. He's not going in there and crunching a player where Will Hughes is fucking kicking people up in the air, and I love it. <laughs> So he was great. He made some great interceptions and some great tackles yesterday. Yeah. I thought, you know, you say the moment, the moment he has to find himself running twenty yards with the ball, it, you know, you know, it's the sort of wheels are going to come off eventually. But yeah. for for that role that we know that he can do, um, and it's that sort of steal that we've missed a little bit in the midfield. I thought, he, I thought that that side of his game, he, he played incredibly well. Yeah, it's the only problem is giving away a third of his passes, which is where you need to refine the balance properly with the core because the core just doesn't give the ball away. I think his pass accuracy over the season is pushing 88%, which is just obscene for a Palace midfielder, to be honest. I haven't seen the light since Kabai, I imagine. So, um, yeah, so if, if we can get that, strike that balance up nice in the middle of the park, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't see how Hughes hasn't earned himself three or four starts off the back of that performance, to be honest. I got, um, I got a text last night of my mate who's Sportsman City. Proper Man City fan, not a recent Man City fan, and he said Hughes. He thought Hughes was unbelievable for us, and it, uh, yeah, he did. He did give the ball away a bit, which is not great, but at least I like that he was pushing forward with the ball, which is something that we've wanted Schlup to do way more often. And you know, the hope is if he does get a run of games and he gets more match fitness and he gets a bit sharper, that 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 will just sort of automatically go down and he won't give the ball away as much and he'll get used to how Sheck plays and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think if he, if it, you know, he would have stayed on the whole game if he wasn't sort of on the booking and, and probably hadn't played 90 minutes in ages. Um, yeah. So I'd be really surprised if he doesn't start again on Saturday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Three flashpoints, let's just read them off. Uh, Albert, elbow from Mateta on Martinez, or is it not his fault that Martinez is built like a fucking hobbit? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you've, you've picked that one because I, I, had an, I had a note that said Jean-Philippe Mateta could pick up Martinez and put him in his pocket, but he can't challenge him for a fucking header. Um, <laughs> yeah, could literally uh, use him as a toothpick. Can't yeah. beat him in the air. Can't beat him in the air. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I, no I, I thought that was, yeah, that's that was one of those. I don't think it was anything particularly um, nasty in that. But then okay. I would say that I'm a Palace fan. Has give penalty on McTominay? No. He, Richard's got the ball. I, was, also, I, I mean, it depends on the angle. I think some angles it looked like he did, some angles it looked like he didn't. Yeah, agreed. Um, which means there's... which. Automatically, it means on VAR, they're not going to be able to turn it over. There just wasn't a definitive angle. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also an argument that McTominay kicks Richards, and it could be a foul on Richards, really, because he goes down on the back of his leg. It's not like Richards tripping him over, like, you know, with the front of his foot. The, McTominay has kicked him. But McTominay's won enough penalties against Palace. He's won one already in his career, which was missing. Yeah, I, I, was, I was only surprised it wasn't given considering who the opposition were. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, that, well, that's interesting because it kind of leads me into my next point here is that United fans on social media really like think there's a conspiracy against them. That the agenda. Out to get them. Just like, are you fucking joking? I saw 
KG gets sent off at Old Trafford once for getting for making a foul outside the D of a penalty yeah, area, I and a penalty there. was bloody given. <laughs> Are you joking? And also, <laughs> I mean, you talk, you, talk, you talk about the agenda. Like, not not a week ago, Rashford scored that goal against Man City. Where <laughs> you fucking know anyone else? Like, if Palace is scoring that goal, there is not a chance in hell that's getting given. I've never seen social media so unified in a response of just being like, "Well, that's offside." That is so clearly yeah. offside, and nobody thinks it's not. Like it's, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I saw I saw a few of those Man U agenda tweets. Oh, it's the FA or against us, the Premier League. Shut up! Mm. Fucking hell, I hate him. <laughs> Albert, you look itching to say something. I'm just no, I'm just glad you're on headphones because Mrs. Be going livid if she had that. <laughs> well, your dad also had that. Oh, I forget his name. I'm sure he's not really a real Man United fan. The one who's got the YouTube channel. Oh, uh, Goldbridge. Mark Goldbridge. Yeah, <laughs> him saying in in the aftermath of Felice's go, it never rains. It fucking pours. Like you've won nine games in a row, mate. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> you, you haven't lost the game, even. Like... <laughs> Behave yourself. Um, last one. Is it a red on Wilf, Albert? from Casemiro's challenge yeah it was only in the replay uh, well in fact again going going back to that goal again I was watching it on TV oh, stream when they pulled out the yellow cards the comms team went so fucking mental like I assumed it, it was a red card and I started waving at the screen because the <laughs> Because the comms guys are like, oh, no, this is massive. This is massive. Oh, this is ma- – oh, no, what a blow for Man United. And then all they were talking about is the fact that he misses the next game. I mean, you yeah, know, such, is the, yeah. su- such is the agenda against United that, you know, the, 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 the main flashpoint in the second half up until our goal was the fact that one of their players wasn't available for their crunch game against Arsenal. Uh, but do I think it should have been – I think it could have been a red – you know, I know it's not necessarily how the rules work, but if you know if Zaha was six inches to the left and further forward, then you know those studs are on his side. You know, actually planted on the side of his knees, and it's it is fucking nasty. Uh, you know, ultimately it's meant to be about intent and loss of loss of control, whatever the fuck they call it now. You know, you look at you look at Tyreek Mitchell's red card a few games ago, and you look at that Casemiro challenge, and you think. Stop, no, which which one looks worse? So. Well, also, if you, I saw a replay when I was in the Glazers after the game. I I think it was a red, but they they show the foul and then it sort of zooms in on Casemiro's face and he's making a face like he knows he had to do it. It's yeah. not like you know when they when they put their hands up. Oh, I never touched him. He was just like, well, yeah. you know, he was running through. So I'm like, he knew what he was doing. It was, it was like a scissor in action. It was, both of his feet were off the floor. Both his feet off the floor. One of them's at knee high. I mean, it, by the definition of the law, it's a red card. Yeah, I thought it was. Red. It, it couldn't. It shouldn't be just because he hasn't caught him full on. There shouldn't be a red. Um, but then, weirdly, I say that I don't think it should be a red. Like, yeah. if he if he hasn't caught him, I don't think it should be a red. Like, yeah, he, he hasn't he hasn't cleaned him out. He hasn't endangered him. With the tackle, it's a shame Casemiro didn't do that to the bloke that ran completely unchallenged across the selfie <laughs> of him. I mean, he went way easier on that guy. <laughs> I mean, he came out of Palace end as well, which is mm-hmm. mm. there were mm-hmm. there, there were definitely some Manu fans around us. Not yeah. not provable, not like jumping around when they scored, but. There were definitely yeah. Man United fans around. Do you remember us. that? Do you remember that stat from? I don't know if it was the last show or the show before. It was that we uh, we uh, Palace, the Palace team covers the least whatever distance. Really. <laughs> well, I've got the same stat here for the stewards and security staff for each <laughs> Premier League, and it turns out that Palace are bottom bottom of that list as well. I mean, it, you laugh and joke. If that guy had a knife or something, it was a more sinister intent. He could have done a lot of damage before anyone even re- seemed to realise he was fucking well, on the pitch. When he got when he got to it was Casemiro, was it that he took the photo yeah. with? When he got to him, it was sort of like he didn't expect to get that far, and then he he was just sort of stood there like, "What do I do now?" Have well, you not seen no it? Through. It was a, it was a video. <clears throat> oh, was it? 
Yeah, it's on Twitter. You should actually watch it because Casemiro's face is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just assumed it was going to come out that a guy's a famous TikToker or something. Yeah, well, well he might be. I don't know. It was, it, but it, I, I, I saw it on Twitter today, mm. and he just stands there filming him and Casemiro, and Casemiro's a bit like, "All right, mate." All right, mate. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, we got we got to rattle this, rattle along. Let's go. Um, Elise's goal is obviously incredible, amazing free kick. Um, really needed. Obviously, no no celebration whatsoever, which is. <laughs> Just, I think, upkeeping with Elise, to be honest. Uh, if it was a winner, I reckon he would have celebrated as he did against West Ham, but he don't, he don't deal in draws, bruv. He wants to win. So that's that. But um, I saw people saying that on Twitter, slotting it in at number two all-time Palace Premier League goals behind the obvious in Andros Townsend at Man City. What are you thinking? <sighs> I mean, you can't you can't <clears throat> just spring that question. I mean, I I, I you immediately springs to mind against yeah. West Ham. I still I still really like the team goal against Brighton last year. I know it's not There's quite two. as There's sexy, that, yeah. but I like yeah. that goal a lot. Team goal against Brighton, the team goal on the break, Townsender Anfield is an yes. incredible goal as well. He scored a really good goal at home to Leicester. Where a bunch yeah. of people sort of passed it and around, then, and then Zaha drilled it in at the back. Yeah, um, thing is, I'm a sucker. I am a sucker for a direct free kick. Yeah. yeah. What are your yeah, favourite direct free kicks then? Jedi. Yeah. Jedi's Eze, free Eze kick against Leeds. Yeah. What was the Jedi one? Was that against Liverpool? Um, Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. I was right in line with that post. I still had my season ticket in the homes, and I was right in line with that post. And I think I called out, "Yeah!" about two seconds before it went in because you just could see that it was going and just the celebration as well. But you've also got like you think 0405 Andy Johnson run from halfway in his own half mm-hmm. beat three players and drilled it in off the post from about 30 yards so oh, yeah. that was pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's obviously going to be biased towards recent years and so on but um, it's definitely up there. I think it's it's almost certainly in the top 10 because of just how far out it is and the fact it's gone in on off the underside of the bar yeah. and the hit, fact hit, it's in the 91st minute. like hit, Hitting the bar always makes it look better. Yeah. It's just a noise. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, It's definitely top 10. It's probably top five. Yeah, it's our, yeah there's a good shout for it being in the top five. But um, yeah, well, I guess it's your preference, right? Because you've got to say, me, me and Hesky have both gone team goal side of things where... But there is a lot to be said about a free kick. Uh, right, let's just finish on man and a match then quickly. Uh, what's your answer, Heskiff, and why is it Chris Richards? Ooh, it's definitely out of Chris Richards and Will Hughes. Uh, Chris Richards was brilliant. I We've all sort of, I guess not all been calling for him because Joe is around, but wanted him to have a go into the Tonks. And he just showed yesterday, you know, the, the faith in him should be should be kept. Um, we all made a joke, you know, when he sort of made that long burst of run to tackle Anthony in the first half, that Tonks would have done his hammy at the halfway line. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many separate Anne conversations went off. Yeah. went off about Tonkins at that point. At the exact we were, same time. We were talking about how he would have thought about rugby tacking Anthony on the halfway line, but wouldn't have got anywhere near him. <laughs> <laughs> he would have missed, yeah. Um but what I really liked about like he's obviously good on the ball, Richards, and he, he steps up into the play really well. But there were also a few times when he just sort of needed to get rid of it and he just got rid of it. He didn't sort of dick about with the ball. Um, and if you can do that against an in-form Man U team, you know, up against Rashford and them, yeah. you know, I think he I think he was excellent. And, and I say, I, I thought Hughes was brilliant as well. Exactly what we kind of expected from him or have been calling for and didn't disappoint at all. Yes. Um, Albert, what are you thinking? Uh, Chris Richards is definitely a contender. I thought he handled Marcus Rashford really well. However, if only to be slightly different, I'm going to actually say Mark Gahey. I thought Mark Gahey was brilliant yesterday. And not just with his actual football skills, but just his leadership and just how he was wrangling the team. And again, I don't know if it's something that came across 
in the stadium. It might have been more apparent on TV, but yeah, he was really, he was really, really, really leading that team and um, and putting some, putting some great tackles as well. So I'll, I'll go Gahey. Yeah, listen, Mark Gay picking Connor Gallagher up off the pitch. He's literal best mate and fucking telling him to fuck off. Um, uh, Stanford <laughs> Bridge on the weekend was unreal. So um, he, he's flown up in my estimations. But I mean, now I obviously can't leave my beloved Joachim Anderson out. So <laughs> it's got to be a back three from when he's back. <laughs> do you know, do you know what? Play. I tuned into DR's um, YouTube, YouTube show yesterday when I got home. And as I sort of logged into it, he was saying about playing Anderson in central midfield. I logged out. I logged <laughs> out. Fuck that. Thumbs down. God, who was it? I was like, don't you remember all those things about Trent Alexander playing, Alexander-Arnold playing centre midfield and all that. Just get too carried away. It's a completely different position. Okay, so fair enough. Three different man that matches there. Nice. <clears throat> so this weekend now, doesn't get any easier after having to go to Chelsea and then one of the most informed teams in the country coming to us in United. Uh, it's the next most informed in, New- in Newcastle United. As I said at the top of the show, I've only lost once this season, which just astounds me. Um, since since that point, it's one, two, three, four, five draws. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins. Like, I mean, Eddie Eddie Howe's probably already issuing for manager of the season at the end of it. I mean, because it's not it's not like they've already gone nuts with the money yet, and you know, it's all been pouring in and they've been signing left, right, and centre. He's done it effectively with the squad that was already there, um, getting the best out of Almiron, getting the best out of Joe Linton, who. Jesus, when Newcastle was shit, they'd score against us. <laughs> when they couldn't score against <laughs> <Yeah>. anyone else. <laughs> now they're good. I do, I do fear for what's going to happen. But, um, I mean, there's some... I mean, the stats don't really read amazing. Uh, Palace have seen under 25 goals in 12... Of their, under 2.5 goals, sorry, in 12 of the last 13 matches in all competitions against Newcastle. I don't think anyone's expecting a massively high-scoring affair, especially Newcastle five clean sheets on the bounce and mostly winning one or two nil. Um, yeah, Newcastle gets a clean sheet in their last five, undefeated in 14. Um, and they've kept a clean sheet in their last three games against us, Newcastle. So a team that's struggling to score and as nice as Elise's free kick was the other night, it still means that since the restart, we've only got set piece goals to our, name. <laughs> to our name, and Newcastle are just not conceding set pieces, so that avenue is probably blocked off as well. Um, I don't think there's any doubt as if it's going to be a really freaking tough game on Saturday. Yeah, it will, and there's there's plenty of people involved on the Newcastle side that I don't like, so I've got. I've got my pick of players who are going to score against us. Eddie Howe annoys me. Don't like Almiron. He annoys me. Dan Byrne used to play for Brighton. That annoys me. Uh, Nick Nick Pope is going to have a worldie, like you said. That's annoying. Um, yeah, they're, 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 I mean, they're doing way better than I think any of us expected. Like you say, they've not. They've bought some players, but they've not spunked like 500 million yet. I'm sure that's coming. But they've done really, really well. And it does make our draw away look pretty good I think at the time people were getting a bit bit ratty about it but yeah he's done a good job there and I was speaking to one of my mates who, who supports Newcastle and he said that Bruno Gimaraes is injured and he's been their best player so that's good I suppose um, but yeah you look at the way they're playing and the results they're getting it's just there's no way it's not going to be a very tough game I don't think mm. yeah I mean Yes, small mercies, Gumarash being out. Um, and John Joe Shelby is also injured, I think, as well. So I, I guess they're going to be starting to struggle to fill that position. Um, but as we say, Joel Linton and Almiron just decide to come to life when they play us when they were playing bad. So maybe it'll have the reverse effect this time around. <laughs> Although, Heskiff, I feel like you're supposed to like Almiron in your household. Isn't he like um, some sort of... 
he's not Mexican. Is he not Mexican? No. Oh. He's from, is he not from Paraguay? All those South Americans look the same. <laughs> sack, sack me now. I'm a disgrace. <laughs> I, 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 I hand in my resignation. <laughs> Alba has absolutely wiped his hands of getting involved in this argument. I, I, I'm finished. I'm finished. Um, I'll write my apology tweet tomorrow and um, I'll, I'll hand over the reins to someone. Thankfully, I'm in the office tomorrow. Well, <laughs> so I, can't, I can't even get a second hand clip around the ear. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I was convinced he was American. Uh, American. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, Jesus. Um, do you know what? I'm now absolutely paranoid, so I'm going to Google it. <laughs> he's not Mexican. Um, yeah, he's Paraguayan. Yeah, he's Paraguayan. Paraguayan. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Oof. 1994. God, players are getting younger than that now, aren't they? Especially those Mexican, I mean, Paraguayans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm on his Wikipedia now, desperately searching for a Mexican parent or something, you know, like he's mixed. But, no. Paraguay National <laughs> my, my apologies to all the people of Paraguay and of Mexico. That, that's something along the lines of what my tweet will say tomorrow. So. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you think in the back of the nest group is still kicking off right now is going to take over from me when I'm when I'm inevitably cancelled? Oh God, Cara! But it sounds like she won't let anyone have an opinion. So <laughs> this is this is where we find out if Cara actually listens to our show because if I don't get any abuse for saying that, then we know that she doesn't. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I suppose down the years, often Zaha's had the better of Trippier. Um, goes all the way back to the championship days against Burnley. So, can you see? I mean, Tri- Trippier is probably one of the players of the season in the Premier League at the moment. Um, how he's doing from the back there? Um, can you see him getting the best? Zaha getting the best of Trippier this week, Albert? I mean, Zara had to keep switching against United, didn't he? He, had to, he kept switching sides because he wasn't having much joy against Wambasaka and and even Fatty Fatty Bum Bum Luke Shaw seemed to, you know, <laughs> keep him relatively quiet. Um, so yeah, like you say, Kieran Trippier is like the Renaissance man. You know, he was out in the cold at Spurs and had to go go abroad, and he's come back to Newcastle, which people probably sniffed at at the time. But yeah, he's been integral in their sort of turnaround. So. Yeah, listen, Zaha's capable on his day. I think, you know, we're still really reliant on Zaha. You know, uh, too much of our play still depends on him. And the same will be the case on Saturday. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we had a he had a tough game. Tough game only last night as we sit here recording. Um, and the game's coming around quick. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But Zaha's due a goal. We know that. Mm. Yeah, I think he's he's on six this season, and since his goals dried up, pretty much Palace's goals have dried up, haven't they? Um, are we still are we at fewer goals and games now this season? I think, right? No, probably, probably. Yeah, I think we've, we've got one goal less than games played. So, um, but I think the signs have been there in the last two games that that's going to come to an end. Um, we, we've definitely got. Our games have always been small margins, right? Matters of small margins, and what, like the four nil drubbing against Spurs. No, not not that. But the three nil I mean, drubbing against Fulham. No, I mean in terms of what well, you know. If you think the Fulham game, for example, previous home games to that, we'd gone one nil down and come back and won, and it had the same feeling to it. And then all of a sudden, two red cards happen, and it all goes out the window. So you never, you never know. If we'd have kept eleven men on the pitch, we might have turned it around like we've done you know shown previously it's only Spurs in the league that have more goals from losing sorry more points from losing positions than us so you know that that could have very well happened against Fulham but I just mean in terms of we've done it throughout this 10-year run in the Premier League we just have runs where we score every shot we have on goal and teams miss you know Casemiro would have put that away two weeks ago that's a fact that chance at the end and we would have lost the game and that's just how it goes and ebbs, ebbs and flows. Things always go against you for a bit and then come back and um, hopefully we've turned that corner now and there was signs of it at Chelsea 
more signs of it yesterday. Um, this isn't going to stop me predicting 1-0 Almiron, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Going on some sort of like rally, rally call there of like, we're, we're, we're turning around, lads. No, but predictions, anyone else want to share any more optimistic than that? No, 2-0 Newcastle. Oh, no, I'm going to go for another one all. Uh, is our goal going to be open play or set piece? Yes. <laughs> I, I I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's kind of going to be nil nil or one nil either way. Um, I would obviously love us to nick a one nil. That would be a true sign that it's, uh, we've turned the corner. I've had a message from a Newcastle mate who's already like, I think this is where our run ends. <laughs> I was like, it, but prior to the May night game, he messaged me, pick up a win tonight for us lads. And I was just like, we might win a tackle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I've got for you. Uh, Same starting lineup. I might drop Mateta. Yeah. Um, for yeah, who, who for are you maybe Eze or Eze? Um, Eze I just think Eze. JP didn't really do what he was there to do. His touch was pants. He didn't win any headers. Yeah. Didn't didn't keep the ball very well. So I think he's got a he's got a drop down. I will say as a with a a sort of footnote that he plays 10 I mean we've just got get Elise out wide and get his left foot putting balls into the box because for that like 20 minute period or whatever when he's in was planning that 10 role he just getting caught in possession especially in a team that's pressing all over in the middle in the middle of the part there like United were just get getting caught in possession and then he's really he's touched then becomes really under pressure and he's sort of overthinking things and you know, but when he's out wide, he just seems to thrive a lot more. And I don't, I don't want to see Eze down the left. It just, you know, keep it simple. Put Elise down one flank, Zaha down the other flank, and then Eze through the middle and have Edouard up top. That's the four we all want to see. Yes, please. Uh, exactly. Yep. And then you can bring Ayu on to defend the one or two nil lead that we have, inevitably. <laughs> Defending from the front. You see it out, exactly. And Jeffrey Schlupp. And Jeffrey Schlupp, impact sub. And I have I'm to, again, listen, we, yeah, we put the boot in on him and none, none so more than me. So I'll sit here and absolutely say he had a fantastic game when he came on. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. And Agreed. I don't, absolutely zero problems with Jeff Schlupp as a squad player. Mm-hmm. No problems. Agreed. It's just not playing centre mid every week for 90 yeah. minutes. That's the thing. I think he's great to bring on as a sub. Because he he does have it, he does have more energy and seems to put himself about a lot more than he does when he starts a game. Yeah. So yeah, I thought he was good yesterday. Right, so that's pretty much it for this week. Um, we do we did say earlier in the show that we didn't do a May United preview, but do we get another opportunity next week? Is it is it then we're playing next? Oh fuck. <laughs> I've been so good at looking at what the fixtures are beyond this, and uh, no, so um, I feel like do we have a week off because that should be FA Cup weekend? Yes, for and, some, and then for, for some. some, and then and on then, the fourth of Feb we play yeah. United. So our next preview after a week off will be United <laughs> again. Great, and then they keep coming. I think it's Brighton after that, so keep coming thick and fast. <laughs> Can I just say, if after that game, if that's if that's one all as well, and it's um, a Fernandez goal and an Elise free kick at the end, can we just put this out again? <laughs> yeah, something something like that. Yeah, um, save some efficiency. Um, but yeah, I mean, the run of games coming up, we don't still as it stands, we don't play anyone below us in the league until April. <laughs> Ideal. Well, by the time we get there, a lot of some of them might be above us. So, well, yeah, it, it, <laughs> April, it is Leicester the first team we played as below us currently, so they could be above us if they sort their act out and get things together. So, who knows? But hey, anyway, look look out on the weekend for the match report of the show. As always, head to youtube.com forward slash back of the nest to hear either startling interviews with the Financial Times or insights that Anderson should be playing centre mid. I mean, it's, it's feast or famine over there, I reckon. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. 
um, to pick up with another Man United game. Thank you to Heskiff. Thank you to Albert. And until next time, up the palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.